Yes, yes, we all know that there have been riots ongoing for several months. I'm not going to talk to you about the nitty gritty in-betweens of each activist throwing whatever at who or what the cops are doing. I want to ask you a more important question as it pertains to the next 100 days. Which side is winning the propaganda war, particularly as it pertains to what's happening with these riots? And I would argue it's actually Donald Trump. I know people are going to say, Tim, you're biased. You're always saying the Democrats are losing, things like that. And maybe it's because that's the case. Or maybe I am biased. But I'll tell you what, looking at the current trends and looking at some of the recent op-eds coming out from Black Lives Matter leaders, it stands to reason the riots are helping Donald Trump and the, the, the advantages held by the left are being lost. The claim that Donald Trump is winning the propaganda war may seem strange considering articles like this from Vanity Fair. Trump could not be more on the wrong side. New poll shows Trump's Black Lives Matter protest response could cost him 2020. And with all of the stories coming out claiming that Trump is deploying secret police, how could he possibly be winning the propaganda war? I think the left has become desperate and they underestimate what I would call selfishness of Americans, not in a disrespectful way. What I mean is people care about themselves, their friends and their families and their immediate safety and access to resources. They're not going to sympathize with riots or protesters because most people are not rioting or protesting. So you can put out all the stories in the world about Trump's secret police. And guess what? It's, it's going to backfire on you. In fact, I would say it already is. This story from Vanity Fair is wrong. It's not a new poll. The polling was conducted in early June, nearly two months ago. So why put out this narrative now? All it's going to do is convince the left they're winning when they probably aren't. And it's because of things like this. We hear from some reporters that on the ground in Portland, protesters are actually yelling, we're winning the propaganda war. At the same time, opposition to Black Lives Matter is skyrocketing. And according to at least one poll from Rasmussen, which is the latest we have, black likely approval for Trump, a black likely voter approval for Trump is at like 43%. And that to me is insane. Now that can't be true, can it? Until we see an op-ed from the Portland NAACP leader who says that the rioting has become a spectacle. He actually argues the far left and Antifa are giving Trump what he wants. The peaceful protests were working. Support for Black Lives Matter was on the rise. And then the far left came in with their silly and stupid demands for weird far left stuff. And it soured everything. And now Trump is winning. You want to know why I'm biased, okay, against them? And I think I am. I think it's fair to say it's because of things like this. But I don't think I'm unfairly biased. I think it's just I come to expect a certain kind of action from the far left. That's my bias. But they really do engage in violent riots and protests that hurt the left. And where are the leaders on the liberal side of things to denounce this and argue for real policies that they think will help the American people? They're too busy supporting the protests and those who would form chain, human chains to protect far left extremists. And now you have, and this is, this is actually said, this NAACP, uh, NAACP leader saying that it's become a spectacle and basically it's helping Trump. The reason it's sad a week earlier, he was very proud saying these protests are good, but now the violence has become too much and he actually calls out the far left. This to me says it all. They're, they're, they're warning now that this could help Donald Trump. It probably is. And that's why his poll numbers have improved. But let's, let's get into it. Let's start reading the news. Before we do, 
Head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video and subscribe. Many of you haven't subscribed. In fact, half haven't subscribed. So if you really want to make sure you get access to my videos, I put them up every day at 4 p.m. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button, notification bell. Let's read the story. I'm only going to read a little bit of this Vanity Fair story to give you a view of how they're framing things to, so I can actually argue that they're trying to push this. It's not the case. They say Trump could not be more on the wrong side. New poll shows Trump's Black Lives Matter protest response could cost him. They say exclusive polling suggests the protest changed Americans' minds so quickly and so profoundly that Trump planted himself even further on the wrong side of public opinion than previously understood. Now, they're not wrong. They're just so late to the party. It's, it's really amazing. Let's scroll down and ignore a lot, of the, a lot of the fluff and a lot of the talk. And we'll go straight to the polls. They say this. Shortly after the George Floyd incident, the Democratic research firm Avalanche went into nine battleground states, Arizona, Colorado, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, Georgia, North Carolina, Iowa, and Pennsylvania, to measure how segments of Americans were reacting to the protests. Unlike most pollsters at the time, Avalanche surveyed two large back-to-back samples of 6,986 registered and unregistered total voters, one on June 1st and a second on June 10th and, and 11th, allowing it to track how sentiments changed during what might have been the most consequential chapter of the protests. Like most polls, Avalanche found widespread support for the protests by June 11th, with 68% of respondents saying the protesters were completely right or somewhat right. But rather than measuring responses by self-identified partisanship, Democrat, Republican, Independent, Avalanche measured by vote choice. It organized respondents into five segments, vote Trump, lean Trump, mixed feelings, lean Biden, and vote Biden. Now, I'm not going to read further because the data, as far as I'm concerned, is completely and totally irrelevant. I mean, two months ago may have been two years ago. Come on, it's 2020. Everybody's acting like every month is a year, right? Yeah, it's still 2020. Things are still crazy. And perhaps the reason so many people were saying the protests were right was because the information hadn't reached them yet. Most people aren't glued to the TV figuratively or the or the monitor screen or the tele, or, or your cell phone screen like some of us might be. You watch these segments the moment they drop. But does everybody else? I'd argue most people don't. So when the protests first started, guess what? Sean Hannity himself was saying George Floyd should not have exp- should not have lost his life. Glenn Beck Many people were saying peaceful protest here, here. And guess what? Even I and many other uh, moderate and conservative commentators were saying things like, hey, when those protesters stopped that Antifa guy, that was awesome. So yes, support was through the roof. But in the past two months, there's been ongoing riots. So the real question is, what do people think now? And I would say now they are losing the propaganda war. Of course, they don't think so. According to reporter Shelby Talcott of The Daily Caller, she tweeted, quote, we are winning the propaganda war. One rioter just screamed at the line of officers. That's right. That's what they think. And let me show you this. I tweeted, I think this ad underestimates American selfishness. They actually bought an ad showing the riots, right? Scare people. Regular people don't riot and most don't protest. Thus, many will not sympathize with Black Lives Matter and the ad will backfire. What's the tweet I was referring to? Someone saying this ad is devastating. Traitor Trump. Well, I believe I am correct. I believe most people 
the overwhelming majority don't even protest. So some might sympathize, but I think most won't. They're not going out and marching. They might agree with some of the cause. But when they see a commercial that tries to make it look like law enforcement are the bad guys while riots are going on in this commercial, I think the biggest mistake they're making is they're letting people know riots are happening. How many people are going to be like, I used to riot. And when the police would come out, I'd get upset about it. Trump is bad. No, they're going to be like, I didn't realize that so many riots were erupting on the country. What's happening? And it may be bad for Trump to a certain degree, but overwhelmingly, I think it'll help Trump because Trump wants to be the candidate of law and order. And as we know, videos of riots scare people into voting for law and order candidates. But don't take my word for it, as I often say. How about I bring you to Civ IQ's tracking? Do you support or oppose the Black Lives Matter movement? And lo and behold, as of uh, July 24th, 35% oppose. Why is this significant? Because the Vendy Fair poll was actually right. In, on June 1st, yeah, around the beginning of June, people really did support Black Lives Matter. And it was a major and massive swing. They're cracked about that. But how can they then take a two-month-old poll and, and miss the fact that opposition is rising dramatically? Now, let me clarify my stance. Is Trump winning? Yes, technically, depends on how you frame it. What I mean to say is Trump took a major hit when Black Lives Matter got all of this support. It was bad for him as the law and order candidate because peaceful protests are good for Democrats. And as of today, support for Black Lives Matter is higher than it's ever been, even though it's gone down dramatically. Before all of the protests, it was at 42%. Today, it's at 50. So it's still good. But the reason I say win-ing is that the tides are changing, are, are changing. Trump is starting to regain this ground. And current polls, when it comes to likely voters, show Trump is doing fairly well. Not perfectly, but so he's doing well enough, in fact, that he may be guaranteed the victory. I bring you now to Rasmussen Reports. You may have seen me post about this, but let's counter the narrative. This is from July 21st. Now, keep in mind, Rasmussen is fairly biased in favor of the right, I would argue. But it could be not that they're biased in favor of the right, but that all the other polls are biased towards the left. Maybe they are. The only thing I can tell you is that Rasmussen nailed the 2016 election results. They got the margin correct. Take it for what it is. Maybe they're right. All I can say is that they have the most current updated numbers. I'm not a big fan of using just single polls. That's why I'm going to show you two. Rasmussen says on July 21st, overall likely voter job approval for POTUS is 48. Independent 41. Democrat 24. Democrat likely voter approval for Trump 24. Can't believe it. Cannot. Can you, you can't believe it. I can't believe it. OK, let's read. Let's read. White approval is 50. Black likely voter strong approval is 33. And overall, I'm sorry, 23. And overall is 33. Non-white strong approval, 34. Other non-white white, white, uh, uh, overall approval is 50. This was July 21st. So here's the best thing I can do. I can show you progress. If you believe that Rasmussen is biased, fine. Ignore the numbers themselves and take a look at the numbers change. Because now on the 24th, three days later, using the exact same methodology, Rasmussen has found Trump's job job approval is up by one point to 49. Among men, 48, women, 50, GOP, 81, Democrat up three points to 27, independent at 41, white to 48, and black total likely voter approval, 49%. Other non-white total likely voter approval, 57. 
And Rasmussen puts exclamation points near these. Maybe it's static. Keep that in mind. It may not be accurate, but I did show you Civ IQ. According to Civ IQ, and this is what's really interesting. If we look to white voters, we can see that opposition has surpassed support. The reason this is important is because white voters make up a large voting block in this country and 44% oppose and only 41% support. They have lost white voters. But more importantly, whether or not you agree with one poll or two polls, this is, this is important. Rasmussen used the same methodology to track sentiment over three days. And as the violence continued in across, across this country, Trump is now seeing astounding support from non-white voters. That, that to me is absolutely crazy. That is why I would argue, Vanity Fair, you are wrong. Trump is winning the propaganda war. The, the, the left took major gains. Look, earlier in the year, Emerson and these other polls showed Trump was doing well among black voters. Then we saw the George Floyd incident, Black Lives Matter skyrockets. Trump is winning it back. He's winning it back. Maybe that's the right way to put it. I don't know if he's got the majority, but he is winning it back. What you need to consider is that his approval rating, according to Rasmussen, is 49 and his disapproval is 49. How many of these people are lying about things? This is a very, very important thing to consider when you look at these polls. Take a look at this from the Cato Institute. Staunch liberals stand out only as only group who feels they can share their political opinions. On a, on a, on, in a poll that Cato has put out, the only group in this country that feels, comf- that, that feels they can express their opinion without, you know, without offending somebody or, or, you know, bothering somebody is strong liberal. Liberals, moderates, conservatives and strong conservatives feel the climate these days prevents me from saying things I believe because others might find them offensive. Now consider the polls. How many people are not speaking up? How many people are not donating because of this? Stands to reason Trump is winning the propaganda war. But I defer, I do, I defer to E.D. Mondain, president of the Portland, Oregon branch of the double uh, of the NAACP, who said Portland's protests were supposed to be about black lives. Now they're white spectacle. This story it breaks my heart, man, because this guy was seeing something powerful, seeing something he had long fought for, a real conversation about black lives matter. Instead, what happened? He says this images of naked Athena, as the protester has been labeled, have gone viral. Her unclothed confrontation with police earning her accolades as a brave ally of the cause. But I see something else, a beneficiary of white privilege dancing vainly on a stage that was originally created to raise up the voices of my oppressed brothers and sisters. In this, she is not alone. As the demonstrations continue every night in Portland, many people with their own agendas are co-opting and distracting attention from what should be our central concern, the Black Lives Matter movement. He goes on to call out even Antifa, saying, what are Antifa and other leftist agitators achieving for the cause of black equality? The wall of moms, while perhaps well-intentioned, ends up redirecting attention away from the urgent issue of murdered black bodies. This might ease the consciences of white affluent women who have, been pre- who have previously been silent in the face of black oppression. But it's fair to ask, are they really furthering the cause of justice or is this another example of white co-optation? You know why this is sad? Because of this story, black community leaders react to nightly demonstrations and protests in Portland. When I was doing research for this segment, I wanted to make sure that if I show you 
a, a, a Black Lives Matter leader, a, an, an NAACP, leader, uh, NAACP leader saying that they are co-opting this. I wanted to make sure it was fair that I pulled up stories from leaders of the movement who are saying it's a good thing what's happening in Portland. Well, I did my research and I came across this story and I said, black community leaders react to nightly demonstrations uh, and port- protests in Portland from KGW8. I thought this would be a great way to contrast the conflicting views. As it turns out, sadly, it's actually the same guy. This story shows E.D. Mondaine praising the protests, condemning the feds, blaming Trump. And I said, that's great. We'll get the opinion of this of this man. How does he feel about the federal response? He said it's predatory. It's a shame. They are terrorizing our residents. And I stand with our mayor and I stand with our governor. I stand with our commissioners as to denouncing these people. And I'm so glad they've come out publicly and said this must come to an end. And Portlanders constitutional rights must be protected. He, he called out the violence, said no to it. On July 17th, they published this story where he was actually saying the protests were good. Six days later, he penned this op-ed condemning the far left in a matter of in a matter of speaking, because he is he's still calling on them to support the movement, but calling them out for co-opting the movement. What changed in those six days? I don't know, but I will tell you, it cannot be said, at least in my opinion, that the left is actually winning this information war on what's going on. Because according to the polls, opposition is on the rise across basically every voter group, mostly, though, among older white voters, but still among all voters. Rasmussen shows approval from the black likely voters at 49 percent. That must be an error, you say. But how could it be when even this this dude, E.D. Mondaine, president of Portland, Oregon, NAACP, is saying straight up they have co-opted our movement if he's upset about this. I have to imagine a lot of voters are upset about this and Trump may be winning. Another article was written today after hours chaos at Portland protest overshadows Black Lives Matter message. Our movement has been co-opted. Are they going to blame Trump for that? No, they're blaming Antifa and the far left. And this is why I'm so biased against them. Very early on, With the rise of Antifa and the far left extremism, I repeatedly said, this is what you will get. You must stop them. The violence cannot continue. Instead, the moms, the wall of moms, the wall of vets, they link arms around these people and protect them as they commit crimes. And thus your message is being co-opted. I'm glad some of these people are starting to realize you cannot defend the extremists who spray paint horrifying messages on walls calling for death and destruction. And if you want to protest the militarization of police, please do so. I agree for the most part. But when you see these extremists, you must stop them. They don't. They don't. So what happens when the police call for dispersal order? What what, what do we see from Mayor Ted Wheeler? He stands there. He doesn't do anything. The mayor of Portland stands there at the barricades as these extremists lob commercial grade explosives, where in Seattle, an officer was rushed to the hospital after an explosive went off on his leg. Where are they to say enough? Stop doing it. Nowhere to be found. And where are any of these people to call out the horrific attacks against these black lives? Black Trump supporter shot to death in Milwaukee. Burnell Trammell, he was a Trump supporter. And apparently they say he got into an argument with some guy about his Trump signs. And shortly after, someone shot him. Why? I, we could only assume it was because of his Trump signs. Where, when are they going to come out for this individual who lost his life? This story breaks my heart. I don't want to hear about anybody losing their life. There was a dude in Austin the other day 
who approached a vehicle, had a rifle. The crowd ran up to the car. The dude shot him. I'm not happy about that. That is that is horrifying. It's a tragedy. These people, their lives matter. Where are we going to get a real message about this? We're not. Because you've got far left extremists taking everything over. How about this? Black Trump supporter stabbed by Antifa militant in Portland riot. What about this guy? Instead, we just get nonsense. We get we get nonsense. What, what, what is this? The Boston Red Sox put up a Black Lives Matter billboard over Massachusetts Turnpike. You want to talk about your message being co-opted? How about big commercial organizations that don't care about you taking your message for for financial gain? This is why I think Donald Trump actually is winning the propaganda war, because leaders of the movement are saying you've co-opted our message. They have commercialized it. They have turned it. They've, they've covered it up with weird violence and extremists. And outside of the violence, a naked woman spreading her legs in front of the police. I kid you not. Why? This this is not good for for the message. I think back to the civil rights leaders who put on nice clothes and they marched peacefully and it worked. You know why? Because people see on TV, they see the message and they say, "Okay, I respect these people. They want the same things as me. I often say this. What's sad about the conflict is that we all want the same things, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. We want to protect ourselves, our friends and our families. We want to succeed and be safe. Many of us just disagree on how to get there. And many of us have conflicting interests. There are crazy people who just want to hurt you and watch the world burn. And those are the people we must stop. But I see these videos from Portland where the extremist will will be standing there pulling fireworks out of his backpack and everyone around doing nothing. Why can't the, the protesters stop these people? Instead, what do we get? The moms and the vets link arms in front of them, protecting them as they gear up and lob these explosives at the police. And the mayor stands there as he issues a dispersal order. The mayor stands there as they lob these things and does nothing. Then finally, he leaves. And half an hour later, he's the police commissioner. The police announce a riot. I think there's a reason why we're seeing all of these protests and the media and the lies about Trump. And it's because the Democrats are worried. This story from April says why Democrats are worried about these voters of color drifting to Trump in 2020, April 29th. One month later, protests erupted, which greatly boosted support for Black Lives Matter. It was a major it was a major victory for the left. I'm not saying it was intentionally done like this. This cop, he needs to go to jail, right? The Chauvin guy. I'm saying that they certainly exploited it. Never let a good tragedy go, tragedy go to waste, they say. And this helped them politically just after people were worried Trump support was growing. However, according to a story from today, The Guardian says Trump supporters are far more enthusiastic and committed to voting than are supporters of Biden. And Democrats worry particularly about support from black, Hispanic and young voters who are crucial to building a winning coalition. They go on to say that Biden will have to pick a female person of color because he needs that support. I'm sorry, though, man. I think your view of the world is skewed by the fact that only the far left feels comfortable expressing themselves. And that means the even the opinions of regular liberals are not being heard. So how are liberals, moderates, conservatives and strong conservatives going to vote? Not how you would expect, because they're not telling you. That must be the silent majority, I suppose. Cato says 62 percent of people are, are, are afraid to speak up. Well, they, they literally say they have political f- views they're afraid to share. 62 percent. And it's the far left that feels comfortable. You know what that means to me? 
The things you're seeing in the press and on social media are not from liberals, moderates, or conservatives or strong conservatives for the most part. It is dominated by the far left. When it comes time to vote, we know who's going to win. Take this into consideration with Rasmussen. 49% total uh, black total likely voter approval. Believe it or not, you can choose to ignore it. But I would say Trump is winning the propaganda war on this front. Disagree with me? Fine. I think I have laid my case out fairly well. I may have missed some things. That's fair. But when I saw Vanity Fair make this argument using two month old polling data, I had to think, is this what the media does? And the answer is yes. Lies, lies, lies. Now, in terms of putting out lies, can we argue they lie a lot? They do argue a lot, but are they winning? No. It may be that the people are finally seeing through the lies and they're afraid to speak up. But it's possible. I don't have all the answers. And though I can make a potentially convincing argument to many of you, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I'm right all the time. I think I've looked at this and I've drawn a conclusion. But maybe, maybe Biden really will win. Maybe Trump really is on the wrong side of history. And maybe the American people really do want race-based discrimination in law. They really do want to fire people and hire people based on race. And they want, maybe that's the future they really want. I don't think so. Maybe they really don't want a police department. I don't think so. And maybe they want the riots. I don't think so. But I could be wrong. In 100 days, we will all turn on our TVs and have no idea what happened because we're not going to learn who won the presidency. And I'm not convinced we ever will at this point. I think it's going to end up in lawsuits after lawsuits with both sides claiming they're the true victors. I Look, I hope I'm wrong about that, too. And um, I hope they just finally let go. And if Trump wins, he wins. But maybe maybe Biden will win. But maybe there will be some weird voter fraud nonsense and Trump will refuse. And then it'll be, I guess, the Republicans turn to claim that Joe Biden stole the election like they did for three years. I don't know how we survive beyond that. But I do think Trump is winning the propaganda war. The question is, will there be fraud? Will there be voter disenfranchisement? Will Trump actually Will, will he be given a real chance to win or will the election just be broken? I don't know. You let me know what you think in the comments. And then uh, I'll have more video videos for you up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. And I will see you then. Last night, we saw the 29th death in the ongoing George Floyd riots. A man in downtown Austin approached a vehicle with a rifle and was shot and killed. The vehicle had apparently encountered a protest group. They began surrounding the car. He walked up, several shots fired, and he died. This is actually the, there were three shooting incidents yesterday. One in Aurora, Colorado, I believe no one got hurt. And another in Louisville, where a member of the NFAC militia accidentally shot some people. So that one doesn't count necessarily as a shooting because that was just someone who didn't know what they were doing with the weapon. But it, it does count for, I guess, legal purposes. But in Aurora, it was apparently intent. And in downtown Austin, it was absolute intent. This man is now dead. There is a video going around of this man saying that those who oppose us are too much of, I can't say this word on YouTube, to actually do anything about it. Basically denigrating anybody who would stand against them. And that's why he brought out his rifle. The man literally says, and I have the video, He's like, oh, if I try to go up against police, I'll probably die. But the people who oppose us, they're too much of, you know, P word to actually do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's YouTube. They'll get mad at me. 
So I want to read you this story, but here's what we really need to talk about right now. I want to give you the news. What we're dealing with is a generation of snowplow children. Let me explain what this means. When parents snowplow all obstacles out from in front of their children, what happens? They don't understand responsibility or accountability. I've got photos and I got a video of, of what absolutely looks like a toddler screaming at the top of their lungs because they want more ice cream. That's how I see it. There's a video of a woman and I don't, I don't know what season she's in necessarily. I think we'll, we'll pull it up, but she's screaming at the cops. They're saying, get back, get back. And she goes, or effing what? And then they grab her and she starts shrieking like a banshee as they're arresting her. There's also a video of a man in Portland who's getting arrested and shrieks, a man shrieking like a toddler. And then I remember, I, I, thought, I thought about this. You know what this reminds me of? Were you ever in like an ice cream shop and there's a little kid who wants an extra scoop of ice cream and the parent is like, we're getting you one scoop. And the parent starts, and the kid starts screaming as loud as possible. And the parent goes, okay, okay, honey, please stop screaming and I'll give you more ice cream. This is what we're dealing with. People who have no, who take no responsibility, understand no accountability, and you can see it in their eyes. I'm going to show you a photo of a person who's finally realizing what it means to be held accountable in a functioning society. But first, let's read about this, what happened in Austin. We'll go through all of this. A report. This is from uh, Statesman News. A man was killed in downtown Austin Saturday night in the midst of a protest against police violence. And police said they have taken the shooter into custody. Now, I don't know about the full details of what they were doing in Austin, but it does. I, I believe it's fair to say this was a protest. They were marching through the street. As far as I can tell from the initial videos, they weren't destroying stuff. However, there's a, there, there is a fine line between determining what a protest and a riot is. Some people might have a very, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but if somebody, you know, throws a garbage can, does that immediately make the protest a riot or did one person just throw a garbage can? What if 10 people throw garbage cans? Is it a riot now? If you break a window, I think it's fair to say riot. But what if one person throws a rock and they kick him out? So it's hard to know for sure. But in the video we see, it's a group marching. I don't see them breaking or destroying anything at the immediate moment. Then they walk up to a vehicle. The dude gets shot. Let's read this and I'll explain. I'll explain to you why this happened and what you can expect if this kind of behavior continues. The shooting happened at about 9.50 p.m. at 4th Street in Congress, EMS officials said. Austin police said the male victim was carrying a weapon when he approached a vehicle. The person in the vehicle then shot the man. Is anyone surprised by that? Following what happened in Provo. In Provo, Utah, one of the Black Lives Matter, I don't know, whatever you want to call them, extremists, ran up to an SUV, fired into the car, shooting the driver, literally shooting the driver. I don't know where on their body they were hit. They drove themselves immediately to the hospital. They fired at the vehicle as it was driving away. The person then hid the gun and kept going. So when you hear stories like that, you think you're going to you're going to wait around for a group to surround you. And then a dude walks up with a rifle. You're going to be like, nope. And that's exactly what happened. According to witnesses, the incident began when the driver on 4th Street honked, turned right and then sped down Congress, driving through the crowd. He appeared to hit an orange barrier in the road and came to a stop. Uh, quote. There were people around the car yelling and people uh, sounding like they were frightened. A protester with a rifle approached the car and the driver pointed his gun outside the window. The driver fired several shots, then sped away. The man with the rifle dropped to the ground when he got shot. Yeah, he was dead. Not immediately. They rushed him to the hospital, but at some point he died. That was it was probably probably a, a 
on, on I'll, I'll just say this. The shot was on target. You know, they're like this, the, the driver in the SUV may have gotten hit in the arm or shoulder or something. This dude got hit in such a way that he was he was down and he was dead. Medics performed CPR on the victim, but he later died at Dell Seton Medical Center. Officials said police are investigating the incident as a homicide. The suspected shooter is cooperating with officials. No other injuries were reported. Police did not release the names of victims or the suspect. According to a Facebook live video uh, report, uh, recorded by protester during the hour long march, a car honking could be heard before eight gunshots were unleashed. Several screaming protesters immediately took cover. Shortly after the shooting, a shaken protester told the Facebook live that the man shot had been a regular at such protests and that his fiance is in a wheelchair. So I have all this. First, I want to show you this Wikipedia page. George Floyd protests. You know, I wanted to get the accurate death count so far because it, it was previously 28. We now have 29 confirmed deaths. My question is, why is Wikipedia calling it the George Floyd protests? Perhaps they need to be separated. Now, this incident, I would say, based on initial assessment, just from the video alone, it looks like a protest. It's a difference. Portland are riots, okay? That's just insanity. It's fire. It's tear gas. It's people cutting down barricades, fighting with cops. Those are riots. But those are part of the George Floyd riots. If the news is dominated by rioting, if the photos are of rioting and riot police and clashes and, and, and uh, tear gas, etc., then you can't, in my opinion, call them protests. These are these are riots. They even say riots. 29 now dead. 14,000 plus arrests. Wow. Property damage, 500 million. And that's only counting Minneapolis and St. Paul. Well, I bring you now to this photo. You see, many people have said the man was taking aim into the vehicle. He was pointing the gun into the vehicle. That doesn't appear to be the case, but it does look like he is holding his rifle up. You can see this for those that are, that are just uh, listening. I'll explain it. He appears to be holding the rifle with the muzzle pointed straight to the ground. We can't see his hand, but you can see the stock pointed up. That says to me, at least in this photo, he's not pointing it into the vehicle. Some people have said he walked up and pointed the gun at the guy, and that's why the guy shot. I don't see that. Maybe there are other photos I searched for, and this is the one I could find. This is the one that people were claiming shows what happened. So if I missed it, all I can say right now is in other videos, the dude looks like he's carrying the rifle properly. Now we have this video. This is the same guy. You can look in the photo. There he is. He got the mask. He's got the, the baseball cap. Here he is. In this video, at this specific point, he says straight up that these people are too much of, you know, P word to actually do anything about it. And that's why he was carrying the weapon. He wanted to make a statement, I guess. Now he's legally allowed to carry that weapon. But I'll tell you this, man. If you're legally carrying a weapon, and you're with a group of people who are running up and surrounding a vehicle and yelling and screaming. And there has been news over the past month of 28 people dead. Do you think anyone will take a chance? When you see the story about the McCloskeys, do you, th this, is, this is what's mind blowing to me. You know that in places like St. Louis, they will draw their weapons. And you live in Texas. Do you have, do you, know, do you know what the stereotype of Texans are? Family Guy did a joke where when they moved to Texas, Brian Griffin went to buy a bottle of whiskey and the guy handed him a revolver and Brian's like, what's this? And he goes, state law, buy liquor, get a gun. That's the joke. People in Texas have guns. You see all these videos about people being shot and killed, ambushed, the cops being beaten. And you think you can walk up to a car brandishing, well, I shouldn't say brandishing, but 
wielding this while they're being surrounded. And that person won't feel threatened by you. Now, it's a bummer, man. This dude lost his life. 100%. I wish these things didn't have to happen. And it's, it's sad. Apparently, this dude is just wanted to go out and march. He's legally allowed to march, express himself carrying this weapon. But you got to understand the different circumstances. You got to understand the circumstance for which you are engaging. And a guy saw you with a rifle walk up to his car and he panicked because of all the news that's been going around and he didn't hesitate. Now we can all talk about how this guy probably wouldn't have done anything. And I think that's a fair point. But you do not have the right to tell someone else who doesn't read and watch the news all day, every day, exactly what's happening. All that guy knew is he's heard about death after death after death. And then an angry mob surrounded his car and a guy walks up with a rifle and he's like, oh man, bang, he's gone. The dude died. It's, it's, it's sad, man. So we have this, uh, we have this story from the district Herald. Now moving on to what's going on in Portland. Feds go on extreme offensive after barrier breached and officers injured in Portland, at least six arrested. One of the rioters was apparently tackled so hard his shoes came off. So that's that. Look, I don't need to get into the full. Uh, uh, you, you understand what's happening. But I want to show you this image. You know what, man? Yeah, I'm gonna, YouTube's not going to be happy about this one. But it's a woman being arrested. It looks like based on the ground and what I've seen of the, of the federal courthouse, they are on the federal courthouse property. You can see here the barricades. You can see the doors. And this this cop right here, who is clearly identified by his badge number and his it looks like he's Bortac CBP. Badge number Z26, and he has grabbed this woman with a backpack. Many people are sharing this. And on the left, they're saying the look of sheer terror as Trump's secret police take you away. The right is saying more so that it's for the first time someone being held accountable for their actions. I believe that is the more fair assessment. I do. This woman is being uh, uh, presumably arrested. In fact, we don't even know if she was arrested. He may have just grabbed her and moved her and then let her go. You can see in her eyes, yes, that looks like fear. What I see in this is if you don't show up to a violent riot, it won't happen to you. Now, I've heard from people on the ground. What's going on is that a mostly peaceful protest shows up. Then the far left starts engaging. Most of the people disperse, but many remain. If you know that for 58 plus nights, Far left extremists are lobbing commercial grade fireworks, starting fires, tearing down barricades. Perhaps you should not show up. You know why? They need you to. They need you to provide the cover for them so they can get violent. If it were me, I'd say peaceably assemble, right? That's the First Amendment. But if you've got these bad apples and you won't hold them accountable, me personally, I'm out. I'm not going to show up and provide numbers for these lunatics. Don't look at me. But I see in this photo, I, I, I look, man, this person right here, this cop, that's a human being too. No one talks about the look in his eyes. He's trying to stop people from, from throwing commercial grade explosives and starting fires at the courthouse. They are defending a federal courthouse. You can take issue with it. Fine. You can protest. You can peaceably assemble. And when they stand outside and they all chant and sing, there you go. You got your great videos. You got your great propaganda. But the moment the far left attacks, Well, then you need to leave. And most people I'm hearing do, but a lot of people want to stick around. And then you see these videos where they're like, I didn't even do anything. Why are you attacking me? It's like, bro, you're standing side by side with these people throwing stuff. There's a video now of one of these officers getting hit in the head by like a brick or something and he falls down. 
and people are posting and laughing about it. Yeah, they, they're getting violent. Take a look at this clip. Here's what I tweeted. Uh, uh, Ian Miles Chong tweeted, consequences will never be the same. We see a woman screaming at police. I wrote, I wrote, this is what snowplow parenting creates. People who have never been taught responsibility and accountability. After cussing at the cops who tell her to get back, she gets arrested, then starts shrieking like a toddler who was just told they couldn't have another scoop of ice cream. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. You, you, this shriek from this woman, just at the top of her lungs, nonstop. And we hear it over and over again. It's, it's, you know, what's, what's amazing is, what will that accomplish for you? It's a serious question. You see, when I was a little kid, and I don't think I was actually ever one to have much temper tantrums, but when I did, it didn't get me anything. It got me in trouble. And I learned, hey, not only is shrieking a waste of my time and energy, but I actually am less likely to get what I want when I do it. So maybe I just had good parents who taught me that a reasonable, calm argument and uh, strategy will get you what you want. And that's perhaps that's that's my familial privilege, having good parents who taught me well. Perhaps they didn't. I believe this is a product of snowplow parenting. It's a product of parents who refuse to discipline their children. And I'm not saying hitting your kids. I'm saying that teaching them discipline. This won't work. It can be as simple as grounding your kids. It can be as simple as saying, I am not giving you more ice cream. Shut your mouth. And then when they keep crying, then you say, you know what? Now you get no ice cream. What, 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 no ice cream. Yeah. Now you'll never get ice cream again. Maybe that'll teach them. There's other ways to discipline. I'm sure there are people who, you know, have their methods. I, I, I defer to the experts, I suppose. The point is kids need to learn discipline. When they don't, you get this. What made her think that she could scream in the face of a wall of police officers who are saying get back and that she would be fine? Her response was, or effing what? Get back or effing what? Or you'll get arrested. Okay? You can't get in the face of a cop and start screaming because you literally can't do that to anyone. Not that a cop would arrest you for it if you did. Sometimes they would. There's a really famous viral video of Jack Posobiec conservative uh, reporter for OAN, personality, whatever you want to call him. And some Antifa guy punches him and the cops run up and grab the guy and Antifa starts lying. In my experience, when fights break out, cops are, are typically like, everybody go home. We don't need this. And that's that's actually the most mature thing. You may, you know, I, I think to be fair, if I got hit, I'd be like, arrest them, arrest them. And sometimes it is the right thing for the cop to just break it up and tell everyone to go home, like stop the conflict, not make it worse. And sometimes they need to be arrested. Now, I'll tell you what, though, you get in the face of a cop, which in many jurisdictions is literal assault. You getting in front of their face and screaming, they're going to arrest you. But more importantly, they didn't arrest her for that. They arrested her because she wasn't clearing the area combined with screaming in their face. And then she starts shrieking like a child at, at a child, the top of her lungs. Someone needed to tell her when she was a kid to shut up. The epitome of privilege is this image and this image. All of a sudden, the ultra privileged elites are now realizing what it's like to get held accountable, to be responsible for their actions. And I don't I don't I don't see any reason why I should sympathize with this woman. You want to know why? If you're on the right, you'll look at this and say, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Don't show up to a riot and stick around and go on federal property when they tell you to disperse and then act scared and surprised. Oh, no, I'm being arrested for breaking the law. 
It's been going on for two months. You'll have no excuse. You go to a judge. I didn't know it was happening for two months in your town. This is going on. You didn't know when you were there and they gave warnings. And let me tell you something else. If I was on the left, I wouldn't care either. You know why? Well, because white privilege, white, white privilege from this, this woman who is now being held accountable, right? Now she'll understand what it's like to face, you know, arrest, to be held accountable for your actions, or at the very least, as they probably, probably believe it, unjustly arrested. She's a peaceful protester. Perhaps. We don't even know if she was arrested. Maybe she was. Well, actually, we, we might. This photo, I'm not entirely sure. It's going viral. They may have just pulled her out and then pushed her out the other side, like, get out of here, go home. There's a video coming out of Portland where there's a, it's called the, the, the mom block or the yellow block is laying on the ground and a Portland police officer picks her up and she's got her hands up and he's just like, go. Didn't even arrest her, helped her up and then said, go. And people are like, wait, what? Yes. You might, you might see a photo of the guy grabbing the woman on the ground, all shocked. And then he actually just picked her up and said, get out of here. And that, that could have been, that could have been what happened. I don't know. I'd be willing to bet they got arrested. I want to show you a couple more things. All right. There was another shooting in Aurora. Jeep races through protests on I-225 in Aurora. Protester fires shots. A protester fired the shots, mind you, okay? They say Aurora police are investigating a shooting. After a vehicle drove through protesters, the protests began, blah, blah, blah. People were running after a car aggressive, uh, after a car aggressively made its way toward protesters. I heard pops, which APD say came from a protester. The protester shot other protesters. I watched as a woman who fell off the interstate was rushed to the hospital. So I guess I was wrong about this. Someone, someone did get, sh- wow. I, I was, I was, I was mistaken. I thought uh, uh, the story was that someone shot at the vehicle and that was it. They say while protesters were walking, a vehicle decided to drive through the crowd. A protester fired off their weapon, striking at least one other protester. I'll tell you what, man, these people need to be held accountable. Do you want to see the future that this will bring? I want you to do me a favor. Check out my Instagram, instagram.com slash Timcast, and you will see this latest image I have posted. It's just a picture of a piece of paper taped to the front of a window. And the paper reads, this is a family owned restaurant. We've already been struggling to live. Please don't hurt us. I have seen these photos all too many times. I've seen them all over the place when I have covered civil unrest here and in other parts of the world. People know that these extremists want to hurt innocent civilians. They know that the far left wants to create a world where you're on your knees crying and begging. Well, stop getting on your knees. Stop. You know what? You want to stop them from coming and smashing up your windows? Demand of your police, demand of your mayor, and vote for people who will do what needs to be done. Maybe just literally stand there. That's it, isn't it? In Seattle, the city council stopped them from using their riot gear. And so the police were like, then we're not going to we're not going to do our thing. A federal a federal court put a restraining order on that, I guess, and said, you know, you can still do it if you want. We got to have a conversation about this. This is I, I tweeted. I'm sorry, I posted on Instagram the future the far left wants for you. It's a meme. I don't literally think every single far leftist is envisioning a future where you put signs in your window saying, please don't hurt us. What I'm saying is this is what they are creating. They are creating a world where you will put signs on your window saying, I beg your forgiveness. I beg you, please spare me because no one is protecting you. So when the violent groups go around shooting people, smashing things, literally 29 people dead. 
then we're going to see in these cities signs saying, please, please don't hurt me. When instead, the sign should read, we support our police. And the police officers should be should be the front line standing between the violent extremists and the innocent people who simply want to serve you a burger or maybe a salad if that's your thing. But they have a right to provide for their community and extremists have no right to go around destroying it. But this is what you'll get. So I'll leave you now with this with this Donald Trump. Donald Trump is deploying federal law enforcement. This is a family owned restaurant please don't hurt us. I wonder who they're going to vote for. Do you think they're going to vote for Joe Biden? I don't. Many will. I've heard stories from friends where they say everything's bad. The vandalism was awful. You know, the economy needs to come back. People are, 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 are you know, going broke. And I'm like, are they going to vote for Trump? No. And I'm like, what do you think Biden's going to do for you? Do you think Biden's going to, you know, make this work? Biden's not going to solve the problem with the Black Lives Matter stuff. He supports it. Maybe not as wholeheartedly as the riots in the far left, but he's ab- absolutely tweeted in support of the left. And the Democrats have literally got on their knees wearing kente cloths for this movement, for the George Floyd riots. They have, they support it. And all these commercial uh, endeavors support it too. So I'm not saying Trump is going to be the perfect answer, but I can tell you this. From where it looks right now, you have Donald Trump saying, I will deploy law enforcement to stop the crime. And I will deploy federal law enforcement to protect our property. Isn't that what you want of your store? Why won't your cities protect your store? Why won't the police stop the rioters in Seattle, where 150 people went around smashing everything? This is the future the far left may uh, actually want for you. It's what they will bring to you. And it's what you will get if you keep living on your knees. They will not stop and they will come for you next. So to all the people who say, I can't speak up, I won't speak up. Fine. At the very least, you can share a video. You can share a link. You can say, check this out. But I'll tell you this. You need to speak up now. Otherwise, this is the future you will get. They will come to your house and knock on your door and say, hello, friend. We noticed you aren't flying the banner of our party. Why not? There's already a viral Facebook live video where a man and a woman show up to their building. They, they, they just bought it and they're opening a business and he starts pulling Black Lives Matter signs down and two guys ambush him. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And he's like, oh, it's my building. I'm taking the signs down. Why? Why are you doing it? Are you racist? And he's like, what? They demand he put up their banners. There's a video of three young women cleaning graffiti off of the side of a building that says Black Lives Matter. And a woman pulls up and she goes, are you racists? Why, do, why are you taking the graffiti down? That's what will happen next. Go to Berkeley. I'm not even exaggerating. Go to Berkeley and look in the window of every business. And I asked myself when I was there, why is the the, the Chinese immigrant masseuse putting up signs for Black Lives Matter and socialism? They certainly didn't care when I, you know, I, I should say they seem not to. I saw that and I felt like the people I had spoken to in this community specifically told me if they don't do it, their windows will be smashed. Now, it's entirely possible many of these businesses just to, just do support it. I mean, they live in Berkeley. They choose to live there, right? Except I went to a couple establishments and they told me outright, we have no choice. They will smash out our windows unless we do. That's the future you're going to get unless these people are stopped and the police are standing down because the city wants them to. And worse still, in Seattle, 
the city council, a city councilman is joining them and leading them to the homes of politicians to force them to support their ideology. In Portland, the mayor literally joined the rioters. He didn't join in rioting. Okay, it's a difference. He wasn't throwing things, but he was standing there as they were lobbing bricks and water bottles and commercial grade fireworks. He just stood there. Then he leaves and he's the police commissioner half an hour later. It's a riot. Okay. You better speak up now or forever hold your peace. I'll see you all in the next segment on this channel at 1 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. This morning, I talked about the shooting that took place in Austin at great length. A man lost his life because he approached a vehicle that was surrounded by rioters or whatever you want to call a man, a group of people who are agitated and angry. He had a rifle. Now, I've seen some stories about maybe some, like the guy maybe got out of his car. I don't know the full details, but I do know if you walk around with the rifle, which is your legal right, but at a moment and within protests that have escalated into riots where people have died and people have shot people in vehicles, don't be surprised if you lose your life. But now we need to talk about what we're really seeing in the bigger picture, because there was more than just that one moment that I didn't talk about. In Seattle, an officer was rushed to the hospital after one of these far left extremists threw an explosive device, which detonated, I believe, near his leg close enough to cause a serious injury they had to rush him to the hospital. I hope he's OK. One report says it detonated on his knee. Twenty other officers were injured. What we're seeing as escalating well beyond a protest, well beyond riots. You can call it insurrection. You can call it whatever. But it is the literal definition of terror. Now, some people don't want to go there. I think a lot of people went there a long time ago, but I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I want to talk about this news and show you what happened in Seattle. They burned down construction buildings where, which were, going, were, were helping to build a youth detention center. They didn't like the idea of a youth detention center, so they destroyed it. They showed up to the homes of politicians in Seattle, demanding political action, vandalizing the homes, and even telling them to leave the city. And this was done with the aid of a uh, Seattle City Councilwoman who led these extremists and as an extremist herself to the home of the mayor and two other council members in Oakland. They showed up to the home of the mayor and vandalized her home. They are using force to coerce government officials into supporting their political agenda. I bring you the literal definition of terror. And it's worse than that as this expands, because, well, what we're seeing in many instances, has no real goal other than the complete destruction of the system. In Aurora, Colorado, a protester got shot. How? A Jeep had driven down the highway where protesters were walking. The protesters were chanting, hey, hey, ho, ho, racist cops have got to go. Then, then when this car drives by, a protester unloads, hitting another protester. And a man who's filming says, this is what the Aurora police has done. This is what they've done because they did not block traffic. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but to the best of my ability, that's what he said. How incredible. When this person in Austin got shot and killed, people were saying, how come it took so long for the police to get here and help him? Shocking, isn't it? Seems to make no sense. You're literally marching on a highway saying the police have got to go now. Then they seemingly do. And so someone shoots randomly at a car. And once again, they still blame the police. This is the true danger that we're facing. They are using threats of violence, deliberate acts of violence against politicians and the general public to demand we bend our knees to their fringe ideology that would see nothing other than chaos. So I want to show you this from the FBI's website. They say, 
There is no single universally accepted definition of terrorism. It's important. Terrorism is defined in the Code of Federal Regulations as, quote, the unlawful use of force and violence against persons or property to intimidate or coerce a government, the civilian population, or any segment thereof in furtherance of political or social objectives. I believe we have now crossed that line overtly. Overtly. I, I know, I know. A lot of people are probably saying, Tim, we've been there for a long time. You're right, we have. They went around rioting months ago. But when they, show, when they go beyond a nebulous target of destroying a building, literally show up at the homes of mayors and politicians and throw explosives at police and target the federal building, making demands, using violence against the feds. We are now facing overt terrorism. And to be completely honest, I'm not entirely sure we actually need that federal statute for the most part. And the reason is the things these people are doing, it's already illegal. You know, it's like what people talk about, you know, when they talk about hate laws, that often these these things being done are already illegal. But when you look to the UK, you can see, well, they're not. They literally try to make hate speech illegal in, in, in the UK. I believe they basically have. They want to do it here. Well, speech is legal, but make it hateful. Now it's illegal. You see, you see what they're trying to do. They're trying to create new crimes out of things that aren't. Well, let's do this. I want to show you this, and I want to show you what brings us to this point. I want to talk about a conspiracy, conspiracy theory floating around on the left. But first, let's read about what happened in Seattle, because I did not talk about this in my earlier segment, but it needs to be talked about. Explosives are used against feds and cops in Seattle, Portland and Atlanta, while BLM protester is shot dead during Austin March on night of nationwide unrest as angry Trump vents on Twitter after deploying federal agents in a bid to quell violence. I want to tell you all, it never stopped. It's getting worse. And I'm confident it is helping Trump. Does it mean Trump will win? I'm not sure. But I do know that regular people are getting scared. They're getting scared. People are dying. And, and regular people aren't protesting. It is a fringe minority that is out rioting and protesting. So regular people will not sympathize with them when they, the protesters themselves, say you know, Aurora literally shoot people and then complain the cops weren't there. They say Black Lives Matter protests erupted into violence across the country last night as explosive devices were used against federal officers in Seattle and Portland. And a demonstrator was shot dead in Austin. One protester was shot and killed when gunshots went off, were fired. During, we, 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 I did cover this. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's on this channel. This comes as protests gathered steam across several U.S. cities Saturday, two months on from memorial uh, from the death of George Floyd. Let's, let's move forward and get to Seattle specifically. The streets of Seattle turned violent Saturday when protesters set fire to a youth detention center and a police precinct. Other protesters threw rocks, bottles, fireworks, and other explosives at cops. While the unrest leading local authorities to, de- uh, with the unrest leading local authorities to declare protests had turned into riots that afternoon. Meanwhile, tensions mounted in Chicago with, with protests taking place all across the Windy City, including a back the blue rally in support of the police, while residents brace for the force of the feds. Cities that have so far avoided the wrath. I'm not going to list all the cities that have avoided it. We can see here these protesters holding up signs saying, you know, Black Lives Matter, defund CPD, etc. I want to jump down now specifically to Seattle. They say in Seattle, violence flared long before nightfall when people went on a rampage torching buildings in the city while a wall of moms and vets took to the street vowing to protect demonstrators from law enforcement. I want to stop this right here because it's an important, important bit of counter propaganda. If you are going around throwing explosives at people, cop or otherwise, and burning buildings down, 
They say the wall of moms and vets are protecting demonstrators. No, they are the frontline defensive unit for terrorism, period. End of story. I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to argue this. Listen, if, if somebody is robbing a bank and a bunch of moms link arms to protect the bank robber from the police, they're robbing the bank with him. You see, you, just because you're not the one pointing the weapon or using it, it doesn't make you, uh, you, you, you are an accomplice. You can't feign, you know, non-involvement. We were just protecting people from the police. Right. The people you're protecting were terrorists. <laughs> you get it? Around 2,000 people descended on the city as protests that had tempered following the dismantling of the CHOP zone earlier this month inflamed once more. In fact, rumor is they're trying to reclaim the, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Trump said he was sending in federal troops, blah, blah, blah. Seattle police declared the protest in Seattle a riot just before 4.30 p.m. local time. Saturday afternoon, as people vandalized the East Police Precinct, set a small fire and an explosive was left off inside the building. Surveillance cameras were damaged in the onslaught, while some demonstrators tried to tear down a fence protecting the precinct. Rioters, extremists, call them something else. I see demonstrator, they're trying to avoid saying protester, it seems. Individuals spray painting on the East Precinct at 12th and Pine are attempting to disable cameras and damage fence perimeter around the building. Seattle Police Department tweeted, due to the ongoing damage and public safety risks, the SPD is declaring it a riot. The construction site of the new King County Juvenile Detention Facility was also engulfed in flames after a group marched on the building demanding it be closed before setting fire to the area. This is terror. Now, here's a photo of what police say. They've duct taped two of these smoke bombs of some sort. Uh, together, it says protesters in Seattle threw rocks, bottles, fireworks, and other explosives at cops, with the unrest leading local authorities to declare protests had turned into riots that afternoon. Here's what they say is the important part. At least 45 people have been arrested, and 21 cops were injured, including one who was rushed to the hospital after an explosive went off on his leg. There was still no sign of Trump's federal troops in the early hours of Sunday, despite repeated threats from the president that his agents would restore law and order in Democrat-led cities. No, Donald Trump has vowed to protect the federal buildings. And in fact, it's the media that keeps conflating Operation Legend and Diligent Valor with, well, actually, a better way to put it is it's not just that that they're conflating two different operations. They're conflating the fact that in Portland, Federal officers are defending a courthouse with violent riots moving throughout the cities. It is not the same thing, but the media is not doing a good job of contextualizing what's actually happening. This is what journalists need to be doing, avoiding the micro and, and, and giving you context on the macro. Yes, an individual might see a riot in Portland and say the, the feds are attacking pro- uh, protesters or whatever. When you zoom out, you see 59 nights of riots targeting specifically or for the most part, not, not completely the federal courthouse and the justice center. And when the far left attacks that built that that building, the feds come out to defend it, notably when they start fires. The media has conflated this defense of a federal building with the idea that unmarked, unidentified secret police from private organizations are marching through the streets, rounding people up, beating them. And it's just not happening. They say a so-called wall of moms joined the Seattle riots in solidarity with similar walls that have sprung up. So if you want to defend extremists who threw an explosive at a police going off on his leg, you are not a wall of moms. You're just another wall of rioters. End of story. Fine, we can call it a wall of moms, but they're rioting all the same. And this is, in my definition, uh, according to the federal definition, it's just overt terror. Now, I'll tell you why this happens. This happens 
because what we are seeing is the expansion of far left conspiracy theories unchecked. You may have seen this earlier uh, or, or the other the past few days. QAnon banned completely from Twitter links and posts and users, thousands of users. The other night, apparently Jesse Waters on Fox News entertained the value of QAnon in some capacity. I don't know exactly what his point was. He said some good things about them. I personally don't, I don't necessarily agree, but to be honest, I don't, I, I don't follow any Q stuff other than the general concept of what it is. Something about Trump going up against the deep state, whatever. On Fox News, they talked about it. They talked about Twitter banning it. And journalist Yasher Ali said that Jesse Waters had endorsed this con- fringe conspiracy group. Okay, well, here's the problem. ZT1 patch on Portland agent in viral photo is an identifier for anonymity. This is heavy.com doing a good job debunking a fringe conspiracy theory that claims that the ZT1 patch on this man's arm is actually ZTI. Okay. ZTI is an infrastructure security company, and I'm sure many other things, but the far left can push this conspiracy theory across the board through various media outlets because they get their news mostly from memes. Okay, that's a bad thing. You see, many on the right would get their news from memes, but many of those meme smiths have been banned completely for making these memes. The left? No. So long as social media allows them to post fringe conspiracy theories, they will keep believing nonsensical, psychotic nonsense. And this is where we are today. It's not just about the ZT1 patch. It's about what's going on in Portland altogether. And I mentioned this in my main channel segment and and before, and then I want to come back and show you what some of these people are doing in, in Aurora, for instance. But I want to point this out. If the left says something like unidentified vehicle, you know, with police in it, detains protester. Someone else writes a story saying unknown people. Someone else then claimed, what if it was a right wing militia? Now I'm personally being sent walls. Some, a friend of mine sent me a wall of tweets saying I was wrong about what's going on in Portland and that Eric Prince and Blackwater are sending out private, you know, private militias and paramilitary units to beat and attack people, which is some of the most insane garbage I've ever heard. And of course, seriously, I got sent like 50 screenshots of all the people confirming it. Yes, confirming nothing because it's not true. They were like, it's a private group. It's a private group. Here's the proof. ZT, ZTI, ZTI. Nope. Now, because of the fake news, they are pushing a fringe conspiracy theory that Trump is employing tactical security for international security agents, giving them money because it's his crony. They eat it all up. So they believe it. They go insane. They like to talk a lot about how that dude who up to that pizza place with a gun and fired into the ground. You may remember that story. They say, see the violence these conspiracy theories lead to? Oh, I, yeah, I, I absolutely like Portland. These, poli- these, these people believe insane things like the 1619 Project, just absolute fake news. And historians have come out and said it's not true what they're saying. The 1619 Project, of course, being the New York Times uh, series talking about how the U.S. was actually founded the day the first slave came and the, and the War of Independence was to maintain a slaveocracy. And it's all not true. Pulitzer Prize winning historians have said no. But why are they allowed to entertain fringe conspiracy theories? Whatever, for whatever reason, man. And maybe it'll be their downfall. You know why? Maybe, maybe it'll be their downfall because people don't like it. Regular people don't want this. Regular people don't agree with this. As we've seen from the Cato Institute poll, I will cite this as good. It's a good bit of evidence. 
a little bit more than half of far leftists are comfortable expressing their political opinions. Moderate liberals, moderates, conservatives, and, and strong conservatives are all, they all feel that they cannot express their opinions. And it's because social media will ban you if you do, unless you push far left insane conspiracies like Russiagate, for instance. Which brings me to a, some of the, uh, to, to a post like this. I tweeted, hey, hey, ho, ho, these racist cops have got to go. Dude gets shot by protester. Quote, that's what the Aurora Police Department did. That's what they did because they failed to hold traffic. This is what you get. Economic disruption, violence, death, murder, injury, chaos. And then as soon as that happened, they beg for the police to come on back. So what are they really fighting for? Nothing. It's fringe conspiracy nonsense. But they are using terror to instill rules and laws against regular people based on just absolute insanity. I tell you what, man, it's going to get worse. And I wonder how much worse it could get. Could you imagine if so, like, I mean, maybe this is as bad as it gets. Maybe that it, maybe it is. They're already claiming like all white people are racist. They want to abolish the police. Think about how psychotic that is. Last year, according to the Washington Post, 13 unarmed black people were, were shot and killed by police. 13. Now, as for, say, police brutality incidents, I don't know for sure. But 13, because of this, they want to outright abolish all police. And some people are saying defund. But then as soon as they encounter problems, they beg for the help of the police. In Seattle, when protesters for, I believe, 19, maybe maybe 19 days in a row were dancing on the highway, literally dancing on a highway at night around around a corner, and a car swerved through and hit somebody, they immediately yelled, call the police. They don't actually want anything. They are just insane people who have been driven insane by broken social media companies, allowing the expansion of fringe conspiracy nonsense. Now, full, full, full uh, disclosure, I suppose I'm totally in favor of free speech. Let them speak. Let them do their thing. You are allowed to post fake news. But this is what happens, in my opinion, when no one is allowed to counter the narrative. And social media algorithms prop up this insanity. I don't know how you solve the problem. I would lean towards more speech. The only issue, they've completely imbalanced everything. And now even liberals are scared to speak up. I believe that if we had something like Section 230 reform, which would restore the right of free speech to all people, even if they have nasty opinions, it would actually solve a lot of these problems. You know why? You wouldn't get this kind of psychotic narrative about, say, 1619, because you'd have people countering that with harder opinions, and it would restore balance a little bit. Liberals would start speaking up. Moderates would start speaking up. And even conservatives and, and strong conservatives, that's, that's how the Cato describes them, would start speaking up. That could rebalance the, the conversation and make people on the far left scared to express psychotic views and on the far right scared to express psychotic views. Right now, they say social media is polarizing everybody to the far left and the far right. I do not believe that's the case. The far right has been banned entirely. They're scared to speak. I believe it's polarizing people between far left and those who oppose them, talking about only what they can talk about, but certainly at the far left. It's created a more center right versus fringe far left extremist narrative. That's where we're really at. And they call because to them, moderate conservatives are far right. That's what they say. They say you're far right. Tucker Carlson is far right. 
I did a segment where I said Tucker Carlson's actually a moderate conservative who agreed with Cenk Uger of the Young Turks on a bunch of populist economic proposals during a debate at Politicon. That's a fact. You can watch the video yourself. And the far leftists shriek and clip the video saying Tim actually thinks Tucker Carlson is a moderate conservative. Yeah, he is. And he's an economic populist. How incredible is that? He criticized Jeff Bezos for making money during the pandemic and Sean Hannity criticized him back. Yes, Tucker Carlson is an economic populist, a bit of an elite himself, to be fair, but he's not far right. He's not an ultra traditionalist. He doesn't go on rants about, you know, getting women out of the workplace or some nonsense like that. He doesn't. He just talks. He talks about, to be completely honest, a classical liberalism. He's not a classical liberal. He's a moderate or, you know, a center right conservative. But he, a lot of the stuff he talks about is agreeable for much of the population. And it's why he has the highest rated cable TV program in history. They're trying to get him banned. They're stripping him of his advertisers and trying to shut his show down. And when they do that, you will end up with nothing more than fringe conspiracy lunatics who will burn down the entire system. And it's happening. I wonder why it is you don't see CNN wall to wall coverage. An officer had an explosive go off on his leg and he had to be rushed to the hospital. I hope he's okay. Nope. MSNBC. Nope. Local news outlets. Nope. The New York Times. No, I I looked. I did. I tried to find a story from a mainstream publication like the you know Wall Street Journal, whatever. I didn't. I, I couldn't find it. Maybe they'll write about it. Maybe I missed it. That's fair. But my initial assessment didn't come up. And so I was. I, I looked at a local outlet. Uh, a local uh, news outlet didn't even report that the explosive went off on his leg. And I'm like, why is this? They allude to it, right? That's the weird thing. They say, due to an explosive, an officer was rushed to the hospital. He had a knee injury. I'm like, uh. <laughs> What do you mean by that? What happened? They're careful. They won't say it. When the NFAC came out in, in uh, Louisville, how many outlets said fringe, you know, uh, black supremacist group? None. Maybe some conservative ones, maybe some smaller blogs, but no mainstream news outlet. They just said armed militia. And that's the problem of the skewed discourse. And it will lead to overt terrorism like we're seeing now. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. And I will see you then. A Twitter exchange between a radio host, Paul Gallant, and Donald Trump is being shared around by quite a bit of people because it looks like your typical leftist tries to refute Trump saying, hey, man, these peaceful protesters. Oh, no, they're burning down my house. Well, after a little bit of digging, no, that's not the case. And y'all got to be careful. Let me tell you, this is a story, in my opinion, of a rather reasonable normie type who is now being shocked into realizing just how bad these riots really are. And you should be welcoming this kind of rhetoric with open arms. Here's a dude who responded to Trump saying things seem okay in the in the protest riots. I'll show you what he said, only to find that his apartment building, the first floor was a Starbucks got ransacked. If you got a bunch of normies that are experiencing Antifa violence for the first time, don't mock them. Don't just assume they must be leftists. Ask them, yo, what up? Sorry this happened to you. And that's the appropriate way to go about it because now it turns out, I looked into some of these guys' tweets. He's actually criticized far left media and he's actually had nice words to say about some Trump supporters saying basically they weren't racists. But the assumption is, I guess because he's a blue check journalist who's, you know, replying to Trump in the negative, people assume he's going to be some kind of leftist or anti-Trump guy. Maybe, but at the very, the, the best, look, the best way I can put it, it seems like you got a normie who's finally realizing how bad this stuff can get. Let me show you the story. 
The Post Millennial says radio host mocks Trump by claiming Seattle is peaceful. Then rioters torched his apartment building. Yeah, that happened. Here's, here's what they say. Seattle, ho- uh, Seattle radio host and Twitter based criminal defense advocate Paul Gallant dunked on President Donald Trump last month by denying that the riots are violent. Then the radio host was scored on by rioters who set fire to his apartment. Now he's taking up arms. That's right. He's going to be buying a weapon. He wants to buy a firearm for self-defense. But this is not a case of some, you know, far lefty as I can. Maybe he's voted for Democrats and that could be something you can drag him for. Like if you're one of these default liberal types who's always just ragging on Trump and not paying attention to what's going on, perhaps people can drag you. But I am of the opinion, welcome them with open arms and say, let's have a real conversation. I do the same thing with Trump supporters. I talk about this all the time. There are things I disagree with Trump supporters over. And I was invited. I have a story where I was invited out to dinner with a bunch of Trump supporters. And I talked about issues of racism in this country. They didn't agree with it. We had a calm and reasonable conversation. Instead of them saying, F you, Tim, get out. They said, come have a drink and have a beer. And I said, absolutely. And we talked about it. And we were all very much friendly and we enjoyed our food. The same should should be done with this dude, you know, Paul here, who's now kind of realizing need a weapon. Maybe people like Paul are going to see this and you can say, listen, man, this is why the Second Amendment is so important. It's about defending yourself from people who would show up to your home. So what he tweeted to Trump, it's kind of hard to see. Ian Miles Chong tweeted, life comes at you fast. Trump said Seattle mayor says about the anarchist takeover of our city. It's uh, it's a it is a summer of love. These liberals don't have a clue. The (laughs) the terrorists burn and pillage. It's very small, hard to read. And they think it's just wonderful. Even the death, uh, even the death must end this Seattle takeover. Now, he said, walked through it last night out of curiosity and saw no burning, pillaging or deaths. Chill dog, chill dog, he says. Then we have some other tweets. Actually, let me just pull a tweet from Ian Miles Chong so we can actually get it. It's really hard to read. He responded later. Great job, a-holes, because they burned up his building. Unrelated, there's a fire a few blocks from me, which had me freaked out when I saw it from the highway. Zero clue what is going on, but the cat and I are getting the, uh, the F out. The cat and I. Very cute. I feel like I need to buy a firearm because clearly this is going to keep happening. Enough is enough. It looks like a block party down the street for me. Really angry right now. I got I to gotta admit, I'm surprised people are, ra- are, are, are ragging on this guy. I, re- I really am. I looked, I looked at his Twitter. This mostly talks about sports. So we tweeted at Trump. Here's a guy who clearly doesn't know what's happening. He walked down by the Chaz and said, everything seems fine. He's not looking at it the way most of us are because we're glued to our phones and our screens getting a play-by-play. So here's a dude who accidentally stumbles upon some kind of craziness, sees Trump tweet and says, I don't see this. Then he comes home, is, is, you know, a month later, of course, his building's being attacked. And he's like, this is BS, man. I'm getting out. I'm going to buy a weapon. You should be going like, I'm sorry this is happening to you, happening to you, bro. You have my support. Let me know what you need. This guy, he, he needs a place to crash. This is not somebody to make fun of. It's somebody to be like, yo, let's set up a GoFundMe so he can get out of there, right? Here, so let's read a little bit more. Uh, they write, last night, Gallant had a sudden change of heart towards the peaceful protesters when he came home to his apartment complex vandalized. He found the Starbucks underneath torch with graffiti plastered on the storefront. Cops told residents to stay away in case of explosives. This is, this is nuts. He was defending criminals before, but he's really angry right now. Nah, I'm not okay with this. Who, who wrote this story? Is this from Mia, Mia Cathel? I, I, I think that's unfair. I think if you just don't know, 
then I will I will absolutely give you a chance to be like, hey, man, do you really know what's going on? You're saying it's peaceful, but people are getting are getting hurt here. And now for him to see this, I think animosity and I think, you know, making fun of him. Nah, dude, this guy seems all right. I've got uh, I, I got I want to show you a tweet from him. You're going to you're going to agree. He and his cat ventured out after he witnessed a fire roaring a few blocks away. Then he mentioned, you know, getting buying a firearm. Not in my backyard is a hard red pill to swallow, but I don't think that's necessarily fair. Check this out. A year ago, he tweeted, I still like the McGarry. I don't know what that is, but Deadspin has turned into an unfunny stable of elitist nihilist writers that forgot how to even fake being objective. Here, here, good sir. He's right. Ragging on Deadspin, which was what part of like the Gawker network or whatever. I don't know. I don't even, Gizmodo. I don't even know what company they're a part of now. He's ragging on them for faint, for not even being able to fake being objective. I completely agree. Over, under on the Patriots are friends with Trump articles the next two weeks. And it seems like he's even dragging them because they were trying to drag sports fans for liking Trump or something. Someone responded, it's kind of their thing now. They're unironically become absolute edgelords with the hint of tell it like it is guy and just the worst at times. They speak down to people in all things politics like tenured professors. Here, here, good sir. I like this guy. I like this guy. It seems like he didn't realize what was happening all around him. Now, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, what Will Chamberlain here is saying, what he's saying is specifically about this dude, but I kind of think it probably is. But, you know, he doesn't say specifically. Will says gun control, but only for the liberals who have pushed for gun control for a decade and are now scared of Antifa. It may be. And I think it's fair to say this Paul Gallant guy probably voted Democrat. He did. Well, isn't it, isn't it a good thing that he's waking up to the, to the, you know, to the, why he needs his gun rights? It's funny because a couple of years ago, I was probably in a similar position to him. Absolutely. And I had some people point out in the comments on one of my videos, if you want any restrictions on 2A, then we get restrictions on 1A. And I'm very much for free speech. And I was like, oh, whoa, wait, wait, whoa. I see what you're saying. I accept it. And now, considering all the violence and the riots, I've never been anti-gun right. I've always been like, ah, not for me. Now I'm totally on board. I bought a bunch of guns. That's why I think that's how I think you got you got to handle someone like Paul, who seems to be a good dude. Maybe he just needs to have people who are there to support him, explain to him what's going on. And he and he seems like he's an all right guy who believes in objectivity and was ragging on one of these trashy news rags. Hey, I'll show you what's really what you really need to call out. Meteorologist Marty Coniglio leaves nine news after comparing federal troops to Nazis. Coniglio spent 16 years at the station. He posted a tweet where it was like federal police patrolling. We've seen this before and posted a picture of World War II Germany. Here's a guy you want you want to be you want to rag on. I don't know if he got fired or what. I still don't like it, dude. You know, when someone posts something dumb, you talk to him, you explain to him why you're wrong and you hope they come around. All right. So this but this guy, this guy's a lot worse than this Paul dude. If Paul wants to go buy a weapon, y'all should be tweeting at him like, let me make some recommendations and tell you where the nearest range is. How about we give you a free training? How many people hit me up saying, yo, if you need free training, if you want to come to the range, here are some great locations. I got tons of DVDs. I got books, proper firearm safety. That's what people said to me when I was finally like, yo, I'm going to buy a gun. This guy's going to say it. I say the same thing. If you guys, if you guys really, really believe he's doing the right thing, then don't, you don't want to make fun of him for it. This guy, the same thing is true, right? I think you can rag on him for saying something dumb, but he's apparently now losing his job. I don't know if he's being forced out, if he's quitting or resigning, but it sounds like he made a stupid, he made a stupid uh, analogy. Now he's got to own it. 
That's 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 unfortunate. It really is. We don't want to be that someone got to get fired because they made a stupid edgy joke. Look, I'm all for if somebody wants to disassociate for brand reasons. I, I, I should say I'm not opposed to it. I'm not necessarily for it. I think we have to be more resilient considering the internet has everyone's opinions being blanketed out everywhere. But we got to be more, I don't know, welcoming, I guess, or at least, you know, offer up some real forgiveness. If some dude's going to make a stupid analogy about cops, you go to him and be like, bro, you realize what you just said, right? And then be like, chill out. Please don't do it again. There's no reason to have this kind of, you know, mentality. And when it comes to people who are going to be complaining about, <laughs> going to be complaining about, you know, someone burning, nearly burning down their building, y'all should be like, hey, man, welcome to the, welcome to the fight. Welcome to waking up with how, to how bad things really are. To the, to the journalist who loses his job over, you know, making a dumb joke or analogy, being canceled isn't fun. I say the same thing. Yo, welcome to the fight. I'm sure you don't like cancel culture now, right? Okay, let's end this. And that's, that, you know, I'll leave it there. That's what I got to say on the matter. This dude, Paul, I don't know everything he's ever said. I, I didn't read every single tweet he did. He posts a lot about sports, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think you should drag this guy. I think, I think this is actually a really, really, really good thing. I actually am really proud of this guy because he's, he's straight up said in the past, Something like, I don't think, you know, the Trump supporters are voting him because they're voting for him because, because they're racist. I think these, uh, you know, these trashy rags are not, not even trying to pretend to be objective. And now he's like, time to get a weapon. Sounds good to me, right? Yeah, I'll leave it there. Good, good on you, Paul. Good on you for, for speaking up and for defending yourself and saying what you got to say. And I'm, I'm, I'm wagging my finger at those that are ragging on this guy. I got a couple more segments for you in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Silver says, yes, Trump can still win this race. Even though Biden is favored like 92% chance to win, Trump has a, I don't care. I really don't care. I don't know what I'm going to title this video, whatever. The point is we're a hundred days out. It's 2020. Have you been paying attention at all? This year is so stupid. I have no idea what's going to happen next. And to try and speculate on whether or not Trump will win based on his percentages today is dumb. I can talk about where he is going. I can talk about his polls going up. And that that matters as far as I'm concerned. But to be like Joe Biden has already won the poll, you know, based on our current predictions, dude, next month, aliens could land and people would probably be like, "Mm, whatever. We already had that Pentagon story about off world vehicles. Now people are like, when's the asteroid coming? The pandemic's coming back. You have no idea what's going to happen. Trump's Trump's chance. Trump could retire. Joe Biden could do a backflip off Mount Rushmore and land perfectly, inspiring the nation, leading to a landslide victory for the man. I have no idea what's going to happen. And stories like this, where everyone's just trying to speculate to me, are particularly dumb. Now that I've ranted about why it's stupid to even bother talking about the chances of winning, I'm going to talk about the chances of Trump winning. Because I really do want to break this down. And I, I, I wanted to do that opening rant just to make the point. My lens of looking at how they're prescribing or or how they're predicting what's going to happen is exactly this. They have no idea what they're talking about. They did the same thing in 2016. Hillary's going to win. Trump's got a 9% chance. Here we go again. Next month, you could have a wave of far left rioters storm, you know, some some Washington, the Washington Monument or some church and then public opinion swings. It's 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 just so ridiculous to try and play this game. 
So let's read exactly what their, 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 their point is, is trying to be. Dave Wasserman of the Cook Political Port Report made a similar point in a tweet this morning. One way to look at the polling is that Trump is getting spanked nationally right now, trailing consistently by eight or nine points. Another way to look at them is that he's had the political equivalent of three nuclear bombs dropped on him, COVID, the recession and riots. And he's still within single digits of the lead. He doesn't need to erase Biden's lead in order to win either. Getting within three points or so of the popular vote could be enough for for him to reprise 2016 and squeak through in the swing states again. You want to know why this is the stupidest thing ever? I, look, I'm, I'm sorry, hot air. I'm not trying to rag on you. It's just the whole the whole situation in general. We're not going to know who won on November 4th. They're going to be counting ballots, finding ballots for what? A month after the fact, there's going to be lawsuit or lawsuit. Both sides are going to accuse each other of cheating. And then what happens? This to me is basically stamp collecting. You're not really focused on the greater big picture. And, and what, I, what I mean by it's being it's stamp collecting is like it's a side hobby. It's like, well, I think based on the information we have today, that will happen. It's like you're ignoring so much of what's really happening in the world because you're you're you're, you're just, you know, you're going around collecting little bits here and there and you're having a good time. And no offense to stamp collectors. I'm not trying to say, you know, disrespect your hobby. I'm just saying it's like if you really want to understand what's happening in this country, you can't be just looking at polls. Not now. I mean, in 2016, that's what they were doing. And they were ignoring a lot of what was really going on, going on in this country, notably the rise of the culture war and why political correctness played a huge role in this. And as I've already showed you in numerous videos, if 62 percent of Americans are saying they can't speak their opinions, why would they be going around telling journalists? Which may be why Rasmussen Reports is getting it right. For those that aren't familiar, Rasmussen has said Donald Trump's support among black voters, likely voters, is at 49%, his approval at 49%. You want to know why Rasmussen might be right? Because they, they seem to be biased in favor of the president. So I'll tell you this. If I got a phone call from ABC and the guy from ABC says, hi, I'm a journalist from ABC. Who are you voting for? I'd be like, nope, hang up. And if Rasmussen called me on the phone and said, hey, it's Rasmussen, I'd be like, oh, hey, you guys, I, I, I read your stuff. Who are you voting for? Definitely voting for my actual opinion. What I, and I don't mean me specifically. I mean the general person. If they're scared to speak up, they're only going to speak up to people they trust. And it's not going to be the mainstream media. So take that into consideration. You want to talk about three nuclear bombs dropped on Trump? Fine. You can argue about that all day and night. But I'll tell you this. Take into consideration that only the far left feels comfortable saying their opinion. And not even all of them. Only like 52%. And I'll tell you, Trump is probably nine points over Biden if I was going to factor all that in. We just don't know. That's all that matters. We have no idea what's going to happen with mail-in voting. Everybody thinks they do. But this, this video will be the special 100 days out. Everybody, please shut up. And we'll try and track it day by day. But I'll tell you why I think they're really doing this. They're doing it because Trump is actually very likely to win, in my opinion. Here's what they say. Dave, Dave Wasserman says, to publish a model that says Biden has a 92% chance to win based on today's polls it is, a, is a disservice, IMO. Exactly. Oh, am I getting the whole point of this wrong? Anyway, let's read. If the election were today, Biden would have like a 99% chance, but there's a greater than 8% chance the race could shift back to Trump's direction. Is there? Yes, absolutely. Trump's numbers at the moment on COVID and race are absolutely awful. No, I, I disagree. That's wrong. Even so, he only trails Biden by 8% in the 538 average and might only need to crawl back to within 3 to 4% to win the Electoral College. 
Trump was in 3% as recently as April. After two, uh, after tw- uh, 216, we should all proceed. Oh, after 2016, you missed the O. I believe if the election were held today, I believe Donald Trump would win. I believe that, okay? I've said before that he's on track to lose. I am now changing that position, but let me clarify this. People have tried saying, Tim, you flip-flop too much. That's not true. I don't actually flip-flop all that much. I've been very much so bullish on a Republican victory going back to 2018, where I was wrong and still believed moving forward he would win. But following the Black Lives Matter protests and COVID, I felt that Trump had gone down. The polling from CivIQ shows I was actually correct until the riot started getting worse and worse. The track then started to improve for Trump, and I missed this initially. So I am now of the opinion that right now Trump is actually favored to win based on new information. You see how this works? I look at the latest information and say, here's what I think. We got new information. What I think changes based on the Cato poll showing that most people are afraid to speak up based on the Civ IQ polls and based on Rasmussen's polling. It does seem like Trump has reversed the trend and is now on track to actually win. What they're not considering, as they say, Trump would lose 99% chance Biden would win today. They're ignoring the fact that even though they're giving this powerful polling to Biden by nine points, most people probably aren't telling you the truth. That's the reality. And Cato shows us they could be wrong. Their polls could be wrong. But if it was even 50% that felt they couldn't speak, listen, if people can't speak in any capacity, Your polling and view of reality is skewed based on only those who are speaking up. The silent majority could still be a minority and it would still give Trump the win. If 9% of people were scared to give their true opinion, that would mean the margin of error is like 9%. Looking at it from a grand cultural perspective, if 62% are not expressing themselves, then I would actually argue, I know I'm exaggerating, that the margin of error is in that 62% because you don't know what people are actually thinking. You don't know what the American people want or, or are afraid of if they can't tell you. So you want to talk about margin of error, take 62% of people, remove them. And now you have no idea what's really going on in this country. No poll could prove it to you. That's the important factor. So I'll tell you this right now, they're going to make every prediction in the book. They're going to say Trump is going to do that, this, that, and this. And so am I, I guess. We're at the 100 days out and everyone's saying, make sure you've registered to vote. Don't forget. Good advice. Here's what I keep telling people. It doesn't matter what they're going to tell you about the polls. It doesn't matter what I tell you. You know, when I do my daily play by play of Black Lives Matter versus riots and Trump, none of it matters. What matters in the end is that you go out on election day and you vote. It matters that when you get your mail-in ballot, you fill it out and you vote. And you know what, man? I'll tell you this. You might want to hand deliver that thing to the post office. They did a study, not a study, but they did this, this, this trial run on CBS and found 3%, 3% failure rate. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we won't get the results. It doesn't matter because there are three months now. And in this year, so much stupid insanity has happened. Why would anyone try to make a prediction based on what's happening today? Nate Selver says, I do not buy that Trump's fate is sealed. Duh. Actually, no. Uh, at this point, I think it's fair to say I think he would win. But in three months, like I said, Joe Biden might, you know, run, run to Mount, Mount Rushmore and people are, and, and Trump's going to be like, Joe's got no energy. He can't do it. And then Joe Biden's like, look here. 
here's the deal. And then he does like a triple perfect front flip, lands, lands perfect, like superhero landing. Everyone goes like, wow, he must be super powerful. And they, you know, just the most ridiculous nonsense is going to happen. Joe Biden could retire. Joe Biden could choose Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton could take over and the Democrats could disband. I don't know what's going to happen, man. So it, it's just, I, I, I'm going to keep this one short. I had to rant about it because I saw this article and I was just like, how many times every week are we, are we going to get the, is Donald Trump going to win or lose? We have no idea what's going to happen. I'll tell you what, December 14th, when no one knows what's happening and the Supreme Court says we're done, the vote is over, and then both sides declare victory and then everyone's fighting in the streets, we'll, we're still not going to know who won. Maybe we will never know who won because it will never, it's it. I don't know, whatever. I got another segment coming up for you in a few minutes. I'll see you shortly. I'm hearing reports that police in Portland are disrespectful to journalists. I believe it's probably a fact. I've seen journalists get, you know, shot at and tear gassed and all that stuff. I believe that is absolutely happening. I believe the police are mostly wrong to do it, but I also recognize that this is normal. It doesn't need to be, but I don't know if there's a way to stop it from happening. I want to show you this story. Federal agents likely permanently blinded by Portland protesters' lasers, White House says. And there's a photo of a cop getting a powerful green laser pointed at his face. These things do cause permanent blindness. In fact, they can start fires. There's a reason why I'm showing you this and why I'm not going to hyper-focus on, say, one journalist who gets pushed around by the police. It's because I've covered this on the ground, and you have to think big picture. You have to be objective. You have to try and understand why it's all happening. Why is it that police have disdain, it would seem, for journalists? For the most part, I think they just don't care. There's a group of people in front of me. All of them have cameras. Move. We have to clear the street. There's a court order saying that they can't target journalists. They've not been. You can argue that they do. But let me tell you, back in 2012, I was standing on the sidewalk in, in Anaheim. There was no protest. There was no riot. I was by, I was with one other person. Some people ran across the street and the cops started firing less lethal uh, munitions at us, beanbags and pepper balls for no reason. And this was wrong. Did I start screaming and cussing? No. Am I mad about it? Yes. I don't like that they did this. What we're seeing in Portland is not that. For the most part, some people have been hit. What we're seeing is police being seriously injured and some and, and even maimed in some circumstances. I don't know if you can call being blinded maiming. I think I think that counts. The officer in Seattle had an explosive thrown and it detonated on his leg and he'd be rushed to the hospital. And we're seeing cops being hit in the head with bricks and rocks. And you know what? This is what comes with conflict. There are rules, right? But, but if you think you're going to enter a ride or conflict zone and both sides are going to are going to take this like a turn based strategy game where it's like the cop goes, OK, I'm going to target protester at a five with, you know, pepper barrage, pop, 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 your turn. OK, that's insane. It's not going to happen. What's going to happen is there's going to be journalists with Antifa, Antifa pretending to be journalists, journalists walking around and they're going to get shoved and they're going to get hit because it's chaos. This is the problem with when it comes to even two A arguments from, you know, left wingers. They don't understand that when you're in the heat of the moment, you don't know how you will respond. And you're probably going to miss when you do shoot. 
It happened in New York. Some, some guy walked out of a building after killing his boss and some coworkers or something. And the cops ran up and started firing and they missed like hitting seven people. And the cops are supposedly trained, probably not trained well enough, but you can't just assume you will react properly. And that's why we have leeway on these things. If cops are being maimed and ambushed, and there are, there was, there's a photo going around of a guy wearing press on his helmet, waving an Antifa flag. So these people are using it to, to disguise themselves. They pretend to be medics and they'll pretend to be journalists. And there are real journalists and there are real medics. But how do you know? The cops don't. And guess what? They're not going to care because people are attacking them. Should they? Yes, I wish they could. But I cannot pretend that following three officers being in all likelihood permanently blinded by rioters, that you are going to get this utopian view of the cops walking down the street saying, time to go home, protester. And they go, (laughs) you got me. Excuse me, journalist. Sorry, I'm in your way. No, they're going to be like a crowd of people, GTFO now or else. Again, I don't like it. But what do you you expect to happen when people are throwing bricks, explosives and other things? They're not going to sit around and wait. They're not going to wait to get ambushed. Three federal agents who were sent to Portland to try and help quell the unrest were, quote, likely left permanently blinded from clashes. A federal agent's hand was impaled by planted nails. Another agent was shot with a pellet gun, leaving a wound deep to the bone. And tragically, three federal officers were likely left permanently blinded, according to Kaylee McEnany. Let me tell you, I could do a video every single time some protester got bombed on the noggin or shoved down or arrested. I do not believe that makes the most sense for several reasons. For one, people who choose to to engage in conflict, okay? It is not surprising to me that if you go down there, this will happen. What do you want me to say? Group of people who specifically cover riots, who have experience covering riots and know exactly what happens in riots are shocked that they're experiencing what happens in a riot. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I expected no sympathy from anybody when I got fired at in Anaheim. I went down there. It happened. And I'm like, yep. People got mad at me saying, Tim, you stand too close to the police. And I'm like, yes, I'm staying out of their way. They actually train you in heat programs. It's hostile environment training to not stand in front of police lest you get shoved or shot at. You stand off to the side. You don't engage in the conflict. This is why I'm not going to make a video about every single little journalist or or peaceful protester who got caught up in the riots. When you engage in this conflict, this is what happens. I'll talk about it here. Now, why am I highlighting the officers getting injured? For obvious reasons, man. The press in the mainstream news rarely does. Rarely does. There's a story from the New York Times that I have pulled up talking about Garrett Foster, who brought his gun to Austin and now he's dead. Do you know what they aren't telling you in this story? They say he was shot three times. The police in Austin have not identified the motorist who fatally shot him. What they're not telling you is that in all likelihood, Garrett fired first. Yeah. In the audio, let me show you Ian Miles Chong. He says, Black Lives Matter protester blocked the streets. A car was trying to get through. One of the protesters, Garrett Foster, fired five shots at the vehicle with an AK-47 and missed. The driver fired back three times, killing him. Now, we haven't completely confirmed this. But in the video, you hear five very powerful bangs. I didn't know what happened at first. All I heard was a guy got shot. My assumption was the dude in the car pulled up, saw the guy with the gun and shot him. When I heard the audio at first, the five bangs, I was thinking to myself, wow, that guy must have had a big gun, some powerful, I'm at 45 or Desert Eagle or something, because that was those were huge bangs. Not that I'm a gun expert, but that was loud. 
I've heard handguns before. I've been watching a lot of videos as I recently became a gun owner, and those were powerful. As it turns out, most people are now speculating. The five initial rounds were from Garrett Foster's AK, and the dude then returned three shots from a handgun, killing him. But the media doesn't frame it that way. That's why I talk about the officers who are, who are potentially permanently blinded or impaled or injured or hit in the head with bricks. If you don't treat these people like people, then people imagine them as demon monsters. That's not true. These are people same as anybody else. They have a job. They do right. They do wrong. Call them out when they do wrong. The same as the protesters. What we want are real solutions. And if you keep treating the cops like they're demons, then every single cop, every brother, sister, father, mother, family member, cousin, I don't care, friend of these cops are going to say, stop attacking my friends. They're trying to keep the peace. Are all cops perfect? No. And many of them get away with committing crimes. And that's what we need to talk about when they do. If one person lost their life at the hands of a cop who did wrong, we hold them accountable. And yes, we speak up. But too, too much of the media ignores the, the officers themselves who are being seriously injured and permanently maimed by the ongoing rioters as if their lives don't matter. What about David Dorn, the retired police officer, police captain in Philly, who was killed over some TVs at a pawn shop? What about his life? You see, it's all political. You know what I care about? I care about people surviving and staying safe and an end to the violence. So forgive me if I don't make a video every every single time some journalist gets shoved. I don't care. Look, they shouldn't be doing it. I get that. But how are you going to go in a conflict and be like, oh, no, heavens, I was pushed. Really? How are you going to go into a conflict zone where you get hit with a beanbag and then be like, I can't believe the police are firing beanbags into the crowd. And I was standing there and got hit. I wore a bulletproof vest in Ferguson. You know why? Because people had guns. Was I going to be like, I shouldn't have to wear this because the cops shouldn't be shooting anything. I shouldn't have to wear this because people who live here shouldn't be shooting at cops. No, I said, it happens. Take precaution. That's why people wear helmets. When the far left tries to claim, pretend to be a protester, the cops aren't going to treat you like you're special. Even still, in all of this, they still actually provide some leeway to the journalists. If a cop is walking up upon a crowd and they see a group of people and they're all wearing dark colors and many of them are throwing things and you look just like them, the only difference, press on your helmet and they don't see it, they're going to fire same, you same as anybody else. This idea that they're like omniscient and know exactly who everyone is and everyone and what they're doing, to me, frankly absurd. But I see people saying, you know, these, these leftists on Twitter saying Tim Poole won't talk about, you know, the police abuses. Listen, what's happening in Portland are people going to the courthouse. If you choose to go to someone's property and then someone throws a brick and now you're in a riot, what am I supposed to say? Because I've said it. Leave or stop them. Stop the violent rioters or just don't engage. And guess what? Most of the peaceful protesters actually disperse, according to the reporting on the ground. That's what's important. But if you're going to stick around for whatever reason in a riot, then expect a riot. I'm not going to sympathize with, with people over this. I'm sorry. It's part of the job. We can, if, if a cop says, hey, get the journalist, I'd be like, yo, that's not OK. But I'll tell you what did happen. A journalist got beaten up by Antifa and then blamed the feds for it. 
Not kidding. Follow Andy No on Twitter. You'll see it. I'll leave it there. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, get out of here, but I'll see you all tomorrow in the next segment coming up at 10 a.m. Thank you all so much for hanging out.